Hello, everyone. This is Serious and Sober. I am Ray Lockdust, and today we are here to talk about the very serious subject of eating disorders body and body dysmorphia during pregnancy. I have a very special guest with us. I know I say that about every guest, but I think everyone is very special, so that's why you're on my show. <laughs> um, so today I have my very special, very super duper and amazing friend Cassidy Duncan, and I am so excited. I have known Cassidy since, I think it's been since 2013. We met um, as cosplayers at a Naruto, uh, at, at a Naruto, um, at a Naruto photo shoot, well, like in a Naruto um, Facebook group, and then we became friends because, well, we clicked, and that's how friendship works. Anyway, I don't have to explain how um, the meaning of friendship, but I do have to explain the meaning of Cassidy and why is she here? <laughs> so um, being a figure in the public eye as uh, Cassidy has been, <laughs> um, she is a cosplayer, a bodybuilder, a singer, and a nurse. She is honestly the kind of person that you want to hate, but you can't because she's perfect. She is a kind soul that if you don't like her, I probably don't like you, let's be real. <laughs> um, I am biased and as um, gays can be, so let's get Cassidy in here <laughs> before I out myself again. Hi. Oh my gosh, that, that intro, it's like the nicest thing I think anyone has ever said about me. I'm just like, oh my god. Oh. oh, thank you so much, Ray. That's very, very kind of you. Thank you for your kind words. <laughs> you deserve every bit of kindness. Trust me, I, I can confirm. I have um, seen you both in situations where you receive kindness and not kindness. And I can say, as a professional, you deserve kindness. Thank you. Thank you. And, and likewise to you, always, always. Thank you. You're so kind. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it since you asked me. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm glad we found a date that worked for both of us. Yeah, me too. And it was so close to when we set it up because mm -hmm. as soon as we set up our date, I, I I put my feelers out and I am booked until December now. So oh, wow, that's yeah, awesome. For everyone who is looking for things to do on Wednesdays, this is what you're going to do on Wednesdays. Yeah, 10 out of 10 recommend. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about eating disorders, body dysmorphia, and Cassidy's experience through bodybuilding because that's just a neat thing. <laughs> And it's topical. So we have three categories selected. I gesture to the book that you can't see. So I'm just going to pet my invisible dog and continue. <laughs> I have underneath these cups three different symbols. Each symbol connects to a category. Each category has some questions. And those are the questions that I'm going to ask. So the way we're going to do this is it's like the find the ball under the cup game that I Google that doesn't actually have a name. I think it's just find the ball under the cup. It is just an activity. And if it does have a name, correct me, please. I am clearly not good at Googling if it does. So the way we are going to do it is I'm going to mix up the cups, try not to break them because they're glass and on a small surface. And <laughs> capacity is going to pick a cup. Okay. There. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Do you feel that I just um, sufficiently shuffled or do you want to watch me do it again? I think I'm, I am pleased with your shuffling. All right. I'm quite pleased. All right. Mm -hmm. so when? Now. Middle. Good yeah. start. 
All right. And we have the brain. Um, there you go. So um, the pieces I'm using are from a game called Arkham Horror. It is really fun and I totally recommend it. Um, I'm not going to go on about it because I will. <laughs> um, so brain, that is our theme of history. So Cassidy, mm -hmm. at present, what role would you say that disordered eating plays in your life? Hmm. So I would say, I would say that like, and, and I, I guess I can't really speak for everyone who has gone through disordered eating and everything that can fall into that. But I, I truly believe that um, it's unfortunately something that I feel like I'm going to kind of have for like the rest of my life. It, it doesn't mean I'm going to be constantly like suffering from the same level as it like I did in my past versus like after bodybuilding versus like, you know, maybe potentially after pregnancy, like, like after I have the baby. But I would say right now, it's like, probably the best it's ever been. Um, only because I'm not just eating for myself anymore. Like, so now when I'm thinking about the food that I'm putting into my body, it's less about like, I, it's like, I feel like it was the first time in my life, I'm not like calorie counting. Like I went hmm. to the restaurant, like a restaurant the other day with my husband, we had a really nice like outdoor patio and like dinner and I like ordered whatever I wanted for the first time in such a long time like I actually looked at the menu it's like I totally want chicken parm right now as opposed to like oh, I'll just get a salad do you know what I mean because it's like yeah. I feel like I've had so much guilt around food and like classifying good food and bad foods whereas mm -hmm. now I I look at food as like nourishing my body and there's really no such like i like i don't know like right now i just view like food as like food food is helping me grow my baby and it's helping me feel good um yeah so yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's you've developed that kind of change and i hope that is a connection that you can kind of pass on to yourself and understand that you also need food i know <laughs> i and and i think um i've had like lots of talks um my husband's name is jordan by the way i'll probably mention him quite a bit um throughout this session um but yeah i um jordan and i have talked about this like extensively in terms of like how i would want my daughter to to like grow up around food and her body and everything like that so it's almost like I'm, I'm also not only am I working for myself to improve, but I'm also thinking about her. And like, I just, like, I think I just had some influences in my life that also had negative views on food. So, and then you realize like if people, like the people that are in your life, when they're doing that, you kind of start parroting um, their views on it too, um, without even realizing it. So I just really want to try my best to be a better version of myself not only for me, but for her too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Would you be comfortable um, talking about when it, when the um, disorder had a larger role in your life and what that kind of mindset was like? Yeah, sure. So for me, hands down, it would have been high school. Um, uh, and actually it's, it's funny. I, I don't know, like, I feel like everyone mostly can like remember their like trigger moment um my trigger moment was 
um, I was dating somebody. I, it was my first like serious boyfriend in high school, which I mean, what's that? But still, like more than hand holding, you know what I mean? Um, and uh, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, his legs are smaller than mine. And it, it wasn't like, a, like, it wasn't to like, to like flack on him, but it, I was like so self-conscious of like my body. Um, and then one night I was like after like band practice, like my school has like this like school band. And I remember um, going home and my mom said, did you have dinner like at school? Cause you guys were late tonight. And I remember lying and saying yes. And it was the first, like it was my first time ever like skipping a meal because I felt guilty about my size. Yeah. And then from there, it just like enabled that behavior. Cause the next morning I kind of woke up and I was like, you know, like going like, you know, probably 10 out, you know, 10 to like longer than 12 hours without eating. And, you know, I think I went to go put on like the same pair of jeans or something and they were like a lot looser. And then it kind of just like triggered something in my head, like, oh, you know what? Now I know how I can get smaller legs. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And then from there, it just snowballed into not only skipping dinner, but like skipping like all meals, or if I am going to eat, it was like, like, that's when like the disordered eating really started to happen where it was like, I think I was only eating like, I don't know, like grapes, a few grapes, like some cereal, like I had like, okay, foods, you know what I mean? Foods, like meat and protein were like, not okay. I don't know why, like, do you know what I mean? Where it's crazy, because like, when I think back at how I ate, then thinking it was like healthy to lose weight by eating those foods and then doing bodybuilding and the extreme version of health it's like oh my gosh I was doing it like like it was just very different you know and yeah. then also like then like the over exercising came involved and um just started like running all the time and trying to like get involved in all these like sports at school and had zero fuel to do it I was so 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 just tired all the time because I was barely eating. Um, and then, yeah, so that that's what triggered like the food part for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, I've spoken to a lot of people who have moments like that. And it's honestly, it is so important and incredible that you're able to latch on and understand that moment. And I'm, I'm so happy for you <laughs> because it's, Noticing how it began is a huge part in the beginning of your healing process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was like, it, it was the first time I like, because I can look back at it now and it's like, it also made me just tie into like, just how food made me feel about my weight. And then from there, just thinking about my weight and like, you know, I was bullied so much as a kid and stuff. So it's like, when you... And, and then, so what happened is I was overweight as a kid, got bullied for it, um, went on a diet when I was in grade five. So great for the psyche, grade mm -hmm. five being on a diet, um, lost a bunch of weight. And then all those people that made fun of me started talking to me more nicely and they were actually wanting to be my friend. So I learned at a very young age that losing weight and being Thin means that people will like you and be nice to you. So, um, I th obviously that all ties into then, you know, thinking and being super self-conscious that 
I was now with somebody like I would think like I want this person to love me as much as they possibly can. So how can this person love me if I'm not thinner than they are? Do you know what I mean? Like and yeah. so then for me, like I like my one like chance of making this person accept me and love me was to lose weight. So that's kind of where that went. Yeah. I, I can relate to that very well. It's like I um I like still to this day I have a trouble being intimate with people who are smaller than me. And it's just like because like it's just in the size comparison, I get so in my head about what they could potentially be thinking about me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's important to recognize that. And I've like it's I'm I'm getting better. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? Is like it's it's and 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 the the whole part of recovery is like it's not a linear process, right? You're gonna have good days. You're gonna have days where you're gonna go back in your progress, and not even days. Sometimes it's months. Sometimes it's years. Like sometimes you're doing really great for a few years, and then you have other traumas that trigger things, and then it puts you right back to where you feel like you began, and it can be super, super, super discouraging but i think that methods like what you're doing with your podcast is amazing for people to like whether they're in that place again right now or they're further along than they were it gives them a chance to like reflect like oh my gosh i totally was there like even like a year ago and look where i am now right so yeah you're doing great stuff there right i'm super proud of you (laughs) thank you i I just want to spread as much happiness and comfort and protection and knowledge about how to be those things. <laughs> well, you're and doing a great job. Help others not be a dick. Like yeah, that. yeah, that's also key, right? We need more kindness in this world always. Yeah. Shall we continue? Yeah, yeah let's continue. All right. La, 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 la. Not gonna break a cup. La, la, la. All right. Uh, stop. Okay, awesome. I got a brain again. Ooh, okay, okay. We're just gonna plow through history at this point. All right, um, moving right along, what are some experiences you feel rooted your disorder? Um, aside from the ones that we did just get into, do you yes. any other experiences or like things that you grew up with that pretty much allowed you to step into or slide into the disorder? Um, I think just like media as well. I think you and I both being 90s children grew up where, you know, it was very heavily pushed for women to be very thin and like for, especially for like women to be like to look a certain way. And actually it's funny, like the other day I was like looking at like old, like I was just watching like some movies that were like in like the nineties and early two thousands and all the actresses, like all the lead actresses are like unhealthily skinny. You know what I mean? And it's like, and so like, think about like, that's what we watched. And that's what like we grew up thinking was how, like I, I know for myself, I would look and be like, I would look at my body and look at their body and be like, I don't look anything like that. And that's what yeah. like people like that's the desired look, right? Mm-hmm. And you even have like, oh my gosh, like I would remember going to the washroom and my mom would have all those like magazines and stuff like, 
um, before we'd all look at our phones while we were pooping. Um, <laughs> we used to have magazines that we could look at. Um, and I remember like weight loss tricks, like tips to lose 10 pounds in like 10 days, like, like crazy stuff, right? Like you're almost like surrounded. Like it's almost like we live in a world that is obsessed with like weight loss and yeah. that your success equals your weight. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it, you're not only was I feeling that pressure inside, but it was like, you're also surrounded by it exteriorly as well. So when you're combining oh. two factors, you like, how was I supposed to know that my anorexia was wrong? Do you know what I mean? Because it felt like I was being told that it was fine. Yeah. I, I was totally raised in a, an environment where anorexia was the normal diet and it That's was what I mean. It was like being almost promoted to us to do for young women to, to, to not eat or to watch what you eat or to be so conscious of what you eat. And like men will not love you. Men will not like you. You will not be desirable by any means if you are not a certain weight. Um, I actually, by thinking about it, there was one moment. Um, so I had, I had spoke earlier about um, going on a diet and then by like grade six and seven, I was a lot much thinner and got more attention. Um, back then I lived um, in my hometown where I grew up, um, and then moved to North Bay, which is like a bigger, um, it's like the city of North Bay. It's like 54,000 people anyway, but, um, and I went to a new school. So I was like the new girl, right? So everyone's like, Oh, who's this girl? Like, you know, and, and getting all that attention and, and it, it felt nice, honestly, for the first time in my life at that point, I actually felt beautiful because I was getting attention from people and I felt confident and I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I am sexy. I am good looking. I am, you know, I like, I mean, it doesn't help that my hometown, like most of the people were my cousins. So it was kind of hard to, <laughs> to get attention. But anyway, it was, it was a step up in my opinion to be like, yeah, you know, I have this confidence. Um, and then like by the end of grade eight, um, I was just having fun and going out with friends and eating food and enjoying life as you should as a 13 year old, like just, you know, like be happy. And I ended up gaining like probably like 20 pounds, uh, which is fine. You know, it's like, whatever. It, I was still in a healthy weight. It's just, I wasn't as thin as I was. And I remember walking home and someone yelled out the window and called me a fat ass. That was a huge trigger for me. So, and then, so I went home and I kid you not, I like stared at my butt, not in a good way, not like booty gains, you know, like I literally stared at my butt and I was like, you know what? Uh, yeah, I totally do have a fat ass. And I would probably say that's probably like how the dysmorphic view started happening where you're like, I can't like that person literally penetrated my confidence so quickly. You know, it was like, didn't even have a, it took, almost caught me off guard because yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm totally fine and great the way I am. I'm healthy. I'm enjoying life. And then no fat ass. That just brought me back to that place where I was in grade five, where I just felt so attacked and sad. Mm -hmm. And then grade nine, 
all throughout grade nine, that's, I became a little bit more sensitive. I was like being a little bit more conscious as with food and like started working out and running on the treadmill. And then, yeah, then grade 10 got in like, you know, kind of went with my first boyfriend and then that like I so you know I kind of like was starting it was almost like that it was like those feelings were starting to emerge in me and then like that was one trigger and then that second trigger is just what really 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 made my like because I was still eating like I was still eating foods I was just you know watching a little bit what I was eating mm -hmm. um, and then yeah but grade 10 was when my anorexia like full-on blew up you know like I was definitely anorexic to the point where like you know, my teachers were concerned and like ask, like, you know, my, like my parents were concerned, but it's like, you know, it's easy to just be like, yeah, no, I'm totally fine. I'm fine. Like as if I'm totally fine. And like, and in your head, it's kind of messed up. You, you, you convince yourself what you're doing is totally fine. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, I'm not, at least I'm not, you know what I used to tell myself is, you know, at least I'm not bulimic. At least I'm not this, at least I'm not that. But sure enough, I was paving a road to get there too. Because eventually I got to believe me as well. I just, I was, you know, I just kept telling myself, I'm not at rock bottom. I'm not at rock bottom. I'm fine. People have it worse than I do. Like, I'm still healthy, whatever. And it was just, you know, desperation at that point to like cling on to like accepting what I was doing, you know? So, yeah, it's honestly, that's why you're like, like when you justify your reasons to do it you're more likely to continue it because if you're doing something that um, like, like, Oh, I hate that I do this. This is a horrible thing. Then it's go like you are going to build different habits and understandings around it. But when it's an action that you're justifying mm -hmm. and convincing yourself that it is for the better, it is going mm -hmm. to not only have like a bigger impact on your core beliefs, but just, on how you view and how you heal from that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's just, it's so important to just to be able to recognize that. And Yeah, I'd say like definitely like my biggest, my most, um, I guess, acquired um, tool that I've gotten from my journey with all this is definitely like self-awareness and like learning how to take a moment to really self-reflect on like how you feel about certain things and it doesn't happen right away, but it's like to even be able to look back at how I was feeling even in high school and to see like where I am now. It's like, yeah, there was a lot of growth that happened there, but it's also important to realize like the effort that also went was involved in that and like the kind of blood, sweat and tears that also were involved in that too. Right. And it just yeah. didn't happen. So yeah it's very it's such a tough journey and it's um despite it being often beauty based it is not pretty no it's definitely not and it's um and and it's i find it's the ugliest when it starts involving the people that you love in your life too yeah and it's not just when it's not just you anymore it's like sorry my foot's asleep I'm like sitting on my foot for too long and it's starting to like fall asleep. Um, yeah, it starts involving the people that you love and you start to hurt them with your decisions. Mm -hmm. That's the saddest part, I think. Yeah. 
Shall we? Yes, we shall. Oh, I guess I'll actually put the token underneath. Oh. Yeah, you feel like you're like, oh crap, I don't know which one. <laughs> I just had to look at all of them. Yeah. <laughs> la la la. I should have used a bigger box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, stop. Oh my god, guess which one? Is it the brain again? It's the brain. Oh wait, I promise I not, I'm not calculating this. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I didn't I didn't spend a week playing this game or anything. <laughs> are these, well, like, are no, we gonna try and go through all the questions or like we can probably pick another category if you want. I'm easy going. Yeah, but I wanna ask this one because it's a good question. So okay. <laughs> I worked hard on it. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> All right. Um, this is um, a bit of something that we have been kind of touching on, but um, what helped you to understand the dangers in your relationship to diet and exercise? Um, so my first time realizing the danger um, or my first like wake up moment was probably when I had to go to a gynecologist because I didn't have my period for six months when I was like 16, mm -hmm. huge. Cause they're like, you know, you really shouldn't be having like Anna Maria at your age. Um, unless, and then that's when they are like, to be like, to be like medically diagnosed, like, you know, being told like, you know, you're obviously you're like, your hormones aren't up to par, like, you know, like something somewhere your hormones aren't functioning right yeah um and then um other time another time was um yeah because obviously you're told that and then my period came back and i was like oh okay see i'm totally fine you know i'm fine yeah um then my mom uh caught me um throwing up oh huge um i was like I was bulimic and hid it from people for probably four or five months. And then my mom ended up catching me once. Um, and then that was really bad. I stopped, like that was like, I had stopped like for a very long time after that happened. That was like a huge, like, oh my gosh. Doesn't mean like the urges left. I probably had a few times in university where I got really stressed out and then you know over eight and like wanted to but had to really fight myself to stop yeah um but yeah that was that was huge like that like being like being caught do you know what i mean in the act of doing it yeah. and then you're almost like you know you you feel the shame because you see how much hurt you cause someone else and then um and then a big step for me with realizing or, or coming out with how harmful it was, was actually me being open about it. I started, like, cause it, you, it was like my kind of like dirty little secret, you know, it was like my thing. I didn't want anyone to know that it was something I did. I didn't want anyone to know it was something I felt. And then probably around university was when I was like really open about it. So like my friends and being like, yeah, you know what? I was bulimic in high school and, 
very like I was totally anorexic. I can look back at it and see that now. And you know, um, and there were times where I still had tendencies to want to do things and not eat, or I overate and had lots of guilt. And um, but I think making that something that more people in my life were aware of actually helped me because I didn't feel like I was by myself and I was suffering alone anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then with body, like, I don't know, I guess I didn't really, I haven't been talking much about bodybuilding, but um, my coach and I worked very hard to, to make sure that my nutrition was, was good. Like I never ate under a certain amount of calories and, and he was always checking in on me. But after a certain point, when your body fat drops, you will lose, like some women don't, but most women will lose their periods. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, after not having my period for six months, it kind of scared me because I knew that Jordan and I did want to ha- like have kids at some point. And I was honestly like, I, I, I had, a, I, I don't know. I was like, I knew that it would come back, but at the same time I was like, what if it doesn't, what if I, this is something I'm now going to have to try and like recover for a very long time. Um, and then after I finished competing, I did two shows. I did one in April and I was, and I was like in prep for it for that one show in April, I prepped for 22 weeks. So for 22 weeks I was dieting mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I like got very thin and uh, shredded, I guess is the best way to put it. Cause I was still like, you know, working out and, and, you know, and, and it like, I was still eating, I was eating tons of food. They were just, it was very restricted. You know, it's like a meal plan. It's very strict. Yeah. Um, and then going from competing to that, I took like a week off where I like was still so scared to eat foods that were, you know, not in my meal plan. Um, like I actually at a point was so like, like when I saw like how shredded I was and stuff. And then afterwards I was like, yeah, I could totally maintain this. You can't like, like. I feel bad, but people who think that they can maintain that stage look, I, it's, I don't think, like, I don't think it's healthy personally. And I don't think anyone would say it's healthy because you are not healthy. Like it's, it's a sport. It's cyclical. You're supposed to gain weight back again. You're that's, you're not meant to be that small all year round, but it's funny. Cause once again, I was like, I, Oh, did I mute myself? No, you're good. Once again, I went through, this stage of convincing myself like no but i'm eating healthy food i'm eating food and like i'm doing fine and i love the way i look so i should be fine i should be able to maintain this i should be able to maintain this and then reality set in i finished my second show at the end of july then competed in nationals beginning of august so i guess i did three shows um and then finally decided and it was so hard for me to say like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to stop competing. Um, because I knew that it wasn't healthy for me anymore. And I needed to, to snap out of it because yeah. I was not like, I wasn't healthy. It was not healthy to be as small as I was for, you know, it was over half a year at that point. So um, then gaining weight back again, 
was tough, very tough. One of the hardest things I think I've gone through in the last few years of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was also a wake up call of like, yeah, how I was eating definitely not healthy for like long term at all. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, I kind of rambled there. No, that's, that's okay. Um, you're allowed. Because <laughs> I make up the rules. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, I will admit that when you um, were getting into bodybuilding, I like from a distance, I was concerned, but I also wasn't sure how much was my place to address my concerns. So I'm really glad that like talking to you about it now, that it is something that you were conscious of and you were looking for. Because mm -hmm. um, as it is now, like I, um, I struggle myself, obviously. And I, um, I, I started a, a diet and a workout plan and I wouldn't even call it a diet. It was just like, no, it's a selected meal plan to go with the workout that I'm doing mm -hmm. in this 21 day shred or 90 day shred or, and it's just, it's still the same thing, no matter what kind of title I gave it. Mm -hmm. And it was not a good thing for me. It was, this was honestly just a few months ago, um, like uh, August, a few months ago, it was last month. <laughs> um, and I was just, I was slipping. It was everything I was eating, I was feeling guilty about. It was just all of those ideas came back just because I thought of eating healthier. Mm -hmm. And it is, um, it's a different, it's a, it's a lesser known um, disorder. Um, <laughs> Oh goodness, I actually wrote it down because I kept forgetting what it was called. Give me one second. Um, I believe one of my friends is laughing at this because I was bragging about writing it down and I cannot. Find it. <laughs> is um, it like a disorder where people like orthodoxia? Ortho like orthorexia, you mean? Orthorexia, thank you. Yeah, ortho, it's like people obsessed, yeah, it's people who are like obsessed with like exercising and eating well and like and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I totally had it. Like it was like it, it it totally, I feel like from someone who had disordered eating prior to entering the world of fitness, it was almost like I was paving the path towards it. It was like, because essentially what happens is you replace the not eating or the not vomiting after you eat with exercise, right? Yeah. You're just, you're, you're not, you're not addressing the core um, problem you're just replacing it with another like makeshift solution to how you're feeling as opposed to just addressing like you know why am I feeling guilty because I ate pizza one night like and and it's funny because it's like it was after my journey with bodybuilding that I actually started like having a bit more food freedom like after like I kind of did like one of these where it was like bodybuilding bodybuilding feel really good feel really good and then i hit like kind of like a shitty moments where i was like oh my god i'm getting on this weight this really sucks and then i kind of like started being like okay you know what like i'm still like working on myself and i'm still going to the gym and it feels good and then i had to like like i remember just like having a moment where i was like pizza is like a combination of food mixed together all foods that like you know what I mean? Like even when I was bodybuilding and I was eating all this like healthy food, it's like, like a slice of pizza is not going to kill me. You know what I mean? It's like not going to be the end of my world. And actually getting pregnant totally made me like, like totally actually like made me feel so much better about that kind of stuff. Cause I, like now I'm just kind of like, yeah, am I like the side, like, am I as 
like tiny as I was last year? No, like I'm not. But at the same time, it's like I feel like so much better around food. Like I don't have to sit there and like ask myself like, oh my God, how much am I going to work out tomorrow if I eat this pizza? Now I'm just like, I want this pizza now. <laughs> and I know like tomorrow based on like, how I'm feeling like I, I probably won't crave that again because I let myself enjoy it in the moments and I actually found myself to like the next day like I typically like maybe I don't want as heavier meals if I ate super heavy the night before because I'm starting to I guess I guess the best way to do like is like that intuitive eating do you know what I mean that I feel like everyone wants and everyone has a different definition of what intuitive eating is for them. But I feel like for myself, I found my own version of intuitive eating that works really well with me right now. Yeah. And that's, that is so, that is so important. I'm so glad that you were able to like find that on your own. That is good. Thank like, you. I took, um, uh, like Abby Sharp is a YouTuber who's like a registered dietitian. She's mm -hmm. really great. She's like a very big, um, promoter of intuitive eating and like really anti-diet culture and was very helpful. And she's also Canadian, which is nice too. I don't know, just nice to support local peeps. Um, she's like very great. Like I have zero problems with ever recommending her to people because she just like, she analyzes very like, um, like fit, like anyone who's like really big on social media, she'll like analyze their like what I eat in a day and actually like give like scientific, like, from registered dietitian point of view, like, you know, this is actually really great. Or you know what, I, as a registered dietitian, like I would recommend maybe adding this and this and this. And like, she's very like pro intuitive eating. And that was actually super helpful for me to sit back and be like, oh, what? Like, it's true. Like I really have been in my, my whole life categorizing food, like good and bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was never like, and, and another person who's really great too is um, Stephanie Buttermore. She was, someone who is a big fitness influencer and she still is, but she was actually like competition, very thin for a long time and struggled with um, uh, like issues with being really thin, like tired and cold all the time. And like, um, like insatiable hunger, like she was always hungry. And she did an approach that was called all in where she just ate until satiety for a whole year. And now she's actually like, by listening to her cues, and yes, she gained weight in the process, but it's funny how she like, at the beginning of her journey, she was like eating like five, like 5,000 calories almost every day. And then eventually as she was listening to her body and her body was starting to get the food that it needs, she's now like at a level where she's very comfortable with her body. And, but it was a whole journey and it was just another, it was just nice to like, feel validated through like someone who has millions of followers to also be like, yeah, like, man, what is wrong with just like enjoying life? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah you're not super shredded with a six pack, but like, so not worth it. <laughs> so not worth it. Yeah. As a, as a professional, you can confirm been there. Someone who had abs. <laughs> they're, they're, you, they look nice in photos, but after that, you're just like, now it's especially for women most women um to get abs you need to drop down to a certain body fat percentage that is not easy to get to so yeah I get with like even at my skinniest I've always had like a belly so even while mm -hmm. I had abs they were more like belly shaped abs yeah and like that's, that was fine I was satisfied. Yeah, that's like that's like like 
to protect you. Like, you know, like it's, yeah, it, it, I, I feel like now that I've, like, I'm, I'm, I do not regret bodybuilding. Like, I'm so yeah. glad I did it. And I'm so thankful for that experience. Although, like, it, I did struggle afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, it really did open my eyes to, like, you know, to, to my relationship with food. And also, like, I gained, like, really great connections through it as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you. I'm, I'm really glad that you had that experience. It would have made me nervous. Yeah. And just know, yeah, no, no, uh, Ray, that you're not the only person. Like you, amongst many people in like my, my my close friend and like friend circle, and like even my family, like they all kind of had their moments of being like, uh, I'm not really sure about this for you, and I'm like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Totally fine, guys. Even like Jordan being like. Uh, we better watch this and he he pulled me through lots of dark times like especially after shows he he's my rock totally through that he would hear me bawl my eyes out even at my skinniest I was like I'm not like I'm not shredded enough and he's like there's nothing left to you because um bodybuild a I would say almost all bodybuilders have some sort of body dysmorphia. I feel like it comes with it. You know what I mean? When yeah. you're being praised to lose weight and you're being praised to look a certain way, it's like that's very difficult to attain and that's not like healthy or realistic all year round. It's like for you to go back to gaining weight again, it's like you almost feel like you're you're throwing all your progress out the window and like that you're you're that you're like doing yourself a disservice almost when in reality you're actually doing your body the best thing by by being healthy again and like eating you know so or just like not that I wasn't eating but like not doing like two hours of cardio because it's like what's the point when you're like you know all that food you're eating like when you're doing all that cardio right so yeah 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 definitely Anyway, I rambled again. <laughs> no, that's okay. that, was, that was a good answer. Good ramble. Good. All right. Now we are just on question three and we're 45 minutes in. So I don't think we're going to get through all the questions. Okay. So sorry. I, <laughs> that's okay. I enjoy talking. And honestly, through the magic of conversation, we're actually answering some of my questions. Okay. Awesome. So awesome. yeah, if, if I end up like starting to dive into a topic where you're like, no, no, I have a whole question on this. Just be like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Oh, that's okay, because then all, all that does is if we share information already, then all we do is retouch, like, and everything works out. Yeah, so. okay, awesome. I've got to be. I've had this song from Pippin stuck in my head, and I just can't stop singing just one line from it. <laughs> it sounds like I'm saying I've got to pee, but I but the line is I've got to be. Just, I've got I, to didn't, I didn't just, I just have to like, just, I didn't just show it. I have to be. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, that's me now. Pregnancy. I always have to be, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not even pregnant. That's just who I am as a person where like I had, I do. Like, Both you and I have always had really crappy bladders. I feel like we've always yeah. had to pee all the time. So like, imagine me now, like, oh gosh, I remember when I first got pregnant, Roxy was like, oh my God, you're going to have to pee. Like all the time I'm like yeah and then it wasn't until second trimester when she started like bouncing on my bladder all the time now I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah now she means it 
Yeah. Okay. Oh. Uh, stop. Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing under that. I don't even understand. I'm just going to pick. Just pick. Yeah, pick, pick <laughs> your. Yeah, go for it. How did I? Maybe it fell when you were shuffling. It probably did. I hope it didn't. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> anyway. Go for it. Um, how old were you when people first started making comments about your body? Mm, uh, I was probably. Honestly, probably when I was a kid, like my parents, right? Like, or like people in my family, like. Um, How about just like in ways that you noticed and it impacted you? Um, Cause like when I was a kid, I didn't notice it until I was older, right? It's like when you look back, you're like, oh yeah, that would totally not add to the whole meh thing. Um, probably, probably when I was in like grade five or grade six, Mm -hmm. when I would get hand-me-down clothes from my cousin who was like super like like she was a dancer and was like really tiny and like I obviously was not and like trying to fit into her clothes like was really tough and then that's when I went on my first diet when I was in grade five right so Mm -hmm. yeah and then um being told when you're little like um like I used to have sweatpants. Like this used to be like a popular Canadian brand called Buffalo. And I had sweatpants that on my bum said Buffalo and I got made fun of for that. People saying I was big like a Buffalo. People would like, like call me fat at school. So, you know, and then when other girls in your class are thin, you're just, it makes you realize like, oh, like why am I not thin like them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, so that's probably the first. Yeah, it would have been like when I was still pretty young. Yeah. Yeah, I had a feeling the answer, no matter what number, would have been too young. (laughs) Young, too young. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's two under this one. (laughs) Double question. And that token's green. So when I put it down, I just. Yeah. It's fine. I'm smart. We all know this. Yeah, absolutely. I have a very expensive piece of paper that says that I am. Yep, exactly. Okay. Uh, ooh, which one do I want to pick? Uh, the one closest to you. I feel like every time I say stop on that one, I end up missing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <gasps> Public image. Oh, there we go. It begins. Alrighty. Um. Okay, so we talked about the bodybuilding part of this, mm-hmm. but how do you feel um, being a, a cosplayer and a bodybuilder affected your body image? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, so I would say that, I would actually say I got like a lot. So like when I was cosplaying, like. I, I, I always strive, like, would strive to stay thin because I would often be cosplaying anime characters that look like they're 12. So <laughs> unrealistic <laughs> body proportions. <laughs> um, and it's, it's like, it's not like I was like, I don't know. I, 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 I obviously like tried my best to stay in shape and thin, but at the same time, I wasn't like 
obsessed with it. You know what I mean? Like I said, yeah. I found like the, my best times of cosplaying was probably like around the time when we met where it was like, you know, I would still have lots of fun with it. Like um, even a little bit before we met actually, when I first, first, first started cosplaying where it's like, I didn't have to have the same colored contacts. I wasn't doing it for a Facebook page. You were just doing it for like the hell of it. Yeah. Um, and then transitioning into trying to do it a little bit more seriously when you were like kind of, kind of in the public eye, although like wasn't as big as obviously the cosplayers you see now, but it's like, you know, getting like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is not the first time that I had a kiss planted on me at a Naruto photo shoot. But it was um, the best one. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. That's like this. Yeah, I know that's not my first time. I have to say, you were not. You were not my first Naruto kiss. No. But was I your first? Um, God, what did we used to call a crack ship? Was I your first crack ship kiss? <sighs> yes, because my other one was with a Sasuke. So I figured. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I figured it would be a Sasuke or a Naruto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was, yeah, so that, but yes, that was hands down my first crack ship for sure, like in terms of that. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, we were um, Kushina Uzumaki and Sakura Haruno, um, you know, the ultimate OTP power couple from Naruto. Okay, it's like, for anyone you know, who knows it's like talking. hashtag MILF, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would totally be like the crack ship, like hashtag for sure. But yeah, like I, I was totally fine with like cosplaying with my body back then. And then when I started bodybuilding, it's really funny. I actually like didn't really do any cosplaying while I was bodybuilding. Bodybuilding kind of takes up your whole life. Like mm -hmm. it, you, as much as you want to try and get together with people, like look at us trying to get together for a photo shoot. It was like, my life was like hectic. Like I, yeah. the one photo shoot I got to do was with my husband and we i just wanted photos of my physique before i competed just to be like hey yeah i, I did this you know mm -hmm. um but uh in terms of like i actually had a lot of cosplayers reach out to me and say like oh goals you know like you look like goals like this is how i want to look and i'm just like uh-uh and then like you know like this is not maintainable like this is not goals like please do not try and like get like you know like this is like I, i'd mentioned this in other my other questions like that you'd asked me before but like it's like a sport you know what mm -hmm. i mean this isn't like a something that you do you know to just get this body and keep it like it's not maintainable like you know it's it's for a show um i'm trying to think i did cosplay once while i was bodybuilding and i remember it was it was great i did um farah archeron from uh, a book series called the court of thorns and roses i did it for YetiCon, and i remember actually just like like I felt great and I, I like loved the costume. My friend Marie had made it for me and she did such a great job, but I was freezing. Like I couldn't even stay in the costume. Oh, it was like summer. And I had to get out of the costume within like, I think like I was in it for like three hours maybe because I was just so cold. Hmm. Like I have no body fat. I'm like freezing. Right. So it was kind of sad. Yeah. And I remember like people wanting to like, I like tried to like, borrow like a wonder woman cosplay from a friend and it wouldn't even fit me like i was too small it was just kind of like eye-opening right like those little yeah. things yeah I, I yeah i didn't really do much cosplay when i was bodybuilding um mm -hmm. and even now i 
like I want to sometimes like you know I think of like all the cool things uh like that'd be really fun to do it but I feel like my love for cosplay has like I I will it will always be dear to my heart for my memories of cosplay but I just don't think I, I it's like something I want to invest my time in anymore like yeah. I have like so many other things that I'd kind of rather do and I'll love people from afar who still do it and who are rocking at it and who are like succeeding super well in it still like that's awesome and good for them but um yeah definitely not something i want to do anymore <laughs> yeah and that's really fair like i um i still just love to dress up like i don't know yeah, yeah it doesn't have to be all right yeah but um yeah i think i've been getting more into like the original costumes my own designs lately yeah and exactly like the og like i think though if i were to cosplay again i think i'd probably do my own like D, &D character or something like that like yeah. something a little bit more creative like not not so much of a character um but even then i feel like poor jordan's so used to me being like yeah i want to do this and this and this he's like mm -hmm. yeah and you're gonna take the time to do all those things yeah 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 <laughs> for get too much off track um that was an amazing um delve into our costly history oh my goodness yes, i know those are such good times you remember when i came up from north bay Hey, I had taken like the, um, I take a bus and I forgot my costume in the bus. I was thinking about this today. And then we had to take like the 6 a.m. bus from Aurelia so that I could go to the Barry station, grab my Yuna cosplay. And then we ended up getting, we ended up going to like grabbing breakfast because we got to like downtown drive at like 7.30 in the morning or like the con doesn't even open till like 10. We're like, what are we going to do? <laughs> we just we made our place we ended up staying up till like midnight and we had to get up for i i had set my alarm for 3 30. oh my gosh i was i don't know how i can't do that anymore i don't know about you my body will not let me do that anymore i know i'm just like like the idea that we even stayed up that late is beyond me i'm in bed by like 11 unless it's like a special occasion i'm in bed by like 9 30. Like, unless i'm working a night shift or i worked a night shift like uh, i am passed out gone by at least 10 30 by the time i'm done watching tiktoks <laughs> perfect yeah oh yeah i i have like um i just wake up at seven o'clock no matter what like i can go to bed at four in the morning and i still wake up at seven it is just it's just an unfair thing that happens to me so to try and get your eight hours yeah yeah i just can't it's just no it's seven it's wake up time yeah see it's nine o'clock i'm see yeah. i'm like my internal clock's like oh bedtime suit <laughs> i'm such an old lady oh, that's okay um let's move along Okay. I know try not to like spill them. Okay. Okay. Stop. Yeah. All right. Okay. So this is the last of the hearts, meaning that if we pull out an empty cup, Cassidy has to ask me a question. Excellent. All right, which is why I actually cared when I unexpectedly got the empty cup. I was like, neither of us were ready for this. Yes. <laughs> anyway, 
Question number four for your public image. Do you feel like it is possible to have a healthy relationship with body image while being in the public eye? I think so. I think that um, I, I think it can be challenging if you're someone who is really sensitive to comments, which I, I am and have been before. But like, I think at the same time, if you surround yourself with support and you're open to like discussing things, if they are going to trigger you, I, I think that you can kind of get over that hump um, at the same like and like especially like if you're going to be like in the fitness like category of stuff. Um, I know myself, I kind of had to like dial back from that. Like, so instead of my Instagram being like all about my body, I now I'm just doing like lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? I think that switch has been so healthy for me because it's like now I'm not just obsessed about posting about my body because I'm more than my body. Right. Yeah. And, um, and if people still want to comment on my body, that's great. Whether what they have to say is positive or negative, like I, I, obviously negative stuff will hurt, but that's like anything in life. I'm a sensitive person, you know, so I don't want to stop that from me putting out content or putting posts out or being open about my experience with what I went through. Because um, as I mentioned, other people's journeys has helped me recover and help me understand things and learn. So I'd love, like, I, you know, I'm more than happy to provide that for someone else too, right? Like yeah. to give kind of like shine light on like, hey, you're not alone. Like this is super common. And like a lot of people go through this post-show and it's, you know, and and I feel like the people I decide to follow also kind of influence how I view myself. Like I had to kind of stop. This was actually something my husband recommended for me. He's like, you know, maybe you should like stop following people who are promoting that mind frame of you having to be super skinny and being super. And that's actually why I didn't take any insults when I actually had my, like a few of my friends that I actually didn't follow you when you were bodybuilding because it was very triggering for me to watch you do that to yourself. And I was like, you know what? I, I totally understand. I am not offended. I am not like, you know, I, I get it, you know, yeah. um, because I had to do the same thing when I stopped, when I decided I wasn't going to compete again, I had to distance myself from, from people on social media who were making me feel bad about my body. Now I'm at a place where I'm just like, if I see one of my friends competing again and they're looking super shredded, I'm able to compliment them or to look at them and say, yeah, that looks great without thinking of myself and comparing myself right away, you know, and being like, oh, I wish I looked like that. Now, now it's just kind of like, no, yeah, good for them. That's awesome that they're doing that. And I hope that they, you know, have a good prep or when I see friends who are, um, you know, in a weight loss journey, or they're trying to maintain like, like a healthy lifestyle and stuff. It's the same thing. Like, it's like, you know, I hope that they find a way that's healthy for them to attain their goals and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And then, yeah, I don't know, I kind of sidetracked there. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, I, it's okay. I, 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 do, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> um, now what was I going to say? That's a mystery. 
But um, setting goals is an important thing and understanding your goals and not going overboard with your goals because it's something I've wondered and struggled with myself as I'm studying and recovering from my own eating disorder. I'm learning not only what my triggers are, but what other people's triggers are. And in learning that, I'm seeing them. And I'm looking around and I'm just like, is everyone, does everyone have an eating disorder? If you go to the gym, if you think about what you eat, like where's the line? Mm -hmm. and honestly, mm -hmm. there is no one line. The line is different for everyone because how you measure your food intake has so much to do with your upbringing, your food scarcity, you, like everything that has ever been around food, your allergies, what you can and cannot eat. Food is so social. It's so, so, so social. Like it's like, it's, it's totally based on like, it's, it's cultural. It's, it's everything. It's like food plays a part almost in every part of like my life, you know, like that yeah. I can look back on. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, as, as a total foodie, I like, I will be eating a meal planning my next meal. Like I am so excited about food all the time, even though like with my own eating disorder, I do like I forget to eat because of my own like history. I my stomach doesn't let me know when I'm hungry anymore until it's like, really, really hungry. Yeah, so it like, 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 I will use a personal example of today. Today, I woke up and I needed to take some medication. So I had some avocado toast at, I'm going to say this was 8.15 in the morning. Um, I then had a few Brussels sprouts, but I didn't like them. So I'm going to say I had like six. <laughs> yeah. So three Brussels sprouts. Um, and then about at two o'clock, I ate a plum. Wow. And then at six o'clock I needed food or I was going to explode. And then because I'm a socialite, I made a phone call instead. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I ate before the show. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. The next question. I did eventually eat. It's okay. We're good. I, I, yeah, I am. I am fortunate enough to have a very supportive girlfriend who, as soon as I went, I haven't eaten since that plum got up and went. And made, oh, that's so sweet. That's so yeah. sweet. See, I'm the person that will do that for Jordan. Jordan is like that. I'd say like sometimes he gets really busy and he like forgets to eat or he like all of a sudden he stops what he's doing and he's like, oh my God, I'm so hungry. And meanwhile, I'm like five meals in. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I like prioritize food so much, but also because like for me right now, food, like I need to eat. Like if I don't eat, I get super lightheaded now and I get really like bitchy, like so bad, like so bad, so moody if I don't eat. Like I'll chalk it up to the hormones, so I guess we'll see that. <laughs> but I've always been the type that gets pretty hangry, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shall we? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. La la la. la, la. Okay. Stop. We'll do middle. We'll do middle this time. Oh, the final brain. That means there's only one category that has been completely untouched. That's crazy. Are we good at this or bad at this? I can't tell. I don't know. I don't know. What's the right answer? Maybe there's no right answer. The right answer is what steps did you take after recognizing your symptoms? Uh, oh, like in regards to like disordered eating? Yes, sorry. I just okay. Um, steps that I took 
I, and I like I touched on this before was like the biggest step I took was just being open about it yeah. and being like honest and open and um, uh, initiating conversations about it, talking to other people and their experiences and what they did, um, calling someone if I felt like I just felt guilty about food or I was going to do something. Yeah, um, yeah I. Uh, and even for me now, a big thing, um, like I find like now that my bump, like I am actually starting to get a bump and I'm starting to actually look pregnant. It makes me feel a little bit better because when I was in first trimester and a little bit into second, you're just, you just feel super bloated. And like, I remember like crying to Jordan and being like, oh, I just feel fat. Like, I feel like I'm gaining all this weight. I feel awful. And he literally like cupped my face and said, you are growing a life in your body. Like yeah. you are carrying our child and that makes you the most beautiful person I could ever see. And he's like, you are more than your body anyway. But like, you know, he's like, I will always love you. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't care about your body. He's like you. And like, even now it's like, you know, like, you know, you know, things are getting bigger and he's like you have not looked more beautiful than you have now oh. I know I love him yeah. yeah so it helps to have someone like you said support and someone to just ground you and bring you back because when you have disordered eating just like body dysmorphia at the same time which those things often go hand in hand Mm -hmm. you can get into a really tunneled vision dark place um, where you feel like the meaning of your life is to look and feel a certain way and because you don't look and feel that certain way what is the point am I gonna be like this am I gonna suffer like this for the rest of my life like so having people that love you for more than your body and that love you for who you are and to remind you that of, of the best parts of yourself that have nothing to do with exterior and what you look like has saved me like hands down has saved my life yeah yeah having a support network is the most important thing for your recovery you can have all of the steps that you need and um sometimes it's just sometimes it's just harder to go on without uh um Sorry, I just, I think my ADHD meds have worn off because I just forgot what I was saying in the middle of that sentence. And that was okay. Crazy. That's okay. <laughs> okay. But um, support networks are important and having them and surrounding yourself with people who love and support you, as Cassidy just said, is the key to a healthy recovery because you can have all of the steps that you need to do but a lot of the time they're harder on your own and you can do this on your own of course you can but if you have the option to not <laughs> i think you should take it mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to like and like through like you know you can connect with people through groups and like like you know thankfully i was very lucky that i had like friends already in my circles like I didn't have to extend my circle to get that support, but sometimes you have to, and that's totally fine because you're going to, you might meet the most important person in your life by doing that. You never know. Hey, I'm excited. I might to get, I might to get, I might be able to get to ask you a question. So 
I know it's um the hell we're going. Let's, see what here. Going to. let's see. All right. I know we're all there. Yes, uh, well the one, there's only one there. Okay. I mean, where is it? You don't know. Yeah, yeah. I like close my eyes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's do towards you. This one? Yes. Nothing. I just asked you a question. So I hope I'm not, I don't mean to steal your question, but your one question that you asked me earlier when I was answering actually made me really curious about what your answer would be. And I feel like throughout our friendship, we've talked about this a few times, but I just would love to talk a little bit more about it. But um, what was your, like, do you remember your first trigger? Or yes. like, yeah. So can you talk to me about that? So I actually, I have the diary entry that this is written in. So I have access to the actual date that this happened. It, um, oh it May, um, but the diary entry, and like I remember the actual scenario and everything is essentially I was sitting on the computer, minding my own business, playing The Sims as, um, this might shock you, but I was in grade five. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I was, maybe I wasn't playing The Sims then. I just know I was, never mind. Anyway, I'm, so I'm doing my thing, do, do, do. And my dad's friend walks in and just makes a comment about how big I've gotten and how much weight I've gained and how if he's not careful, he's gonna have a chunker on his hands. Mm. And I just stood up from the computer and went into the washroom and had my first symptom of bulimia. Wow, in grade five. It was a decision I made. It was um, like the actual um, diary entry is me saying, like me making the choice that I am going to, because like I'd learned about eating disorders from TV and I just like, I'm going to be one of those people who like throws up after every meal and I'm only going to eat this each day. And it just, it, consumed me and it never went away how long like 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 did it was it like off and on now until like present essentially yeah it has been i've i have struggled with waves of my eating disorder from grade five up until now i um as i mentioned i was experiencing some symptoms recently mm -hmm. um, it just takes like a trigger right it takes something to just yeah. bring back yeah. yeah, and like, I, I can remember so many of my past triggers that have brought me back into it. Um, the one of them, one of the recent ones you knew about because you were fortunate enough to be online when it happened. So um, yeah, so I was. I'm gonna tell the story because it's a sad story and people suck. And <laughs> so once upon a time, I was on a date with someone. And he had like, he was literally just like, here are all the red flags. And I was like, sounds good, let's go out. <laughs> and we um, we went out for a drink and we were just at a bar down the road from my house. And he was like from Toronto, I was in Oakville. And like, he already was like under the impression he was spending the night. Like, and I was just kind of like, okay, just kind of like humoring him being like, I can safely make him go home if he like, <laughs> if, I, if I feel mm -hmm. something, whatever. So we're having a drink. He's telling me like really weird stories that are like definite lies. Like he told me that he was the person who gave Zoe Deschanel her famous bangs kind of lies. Like it was just, 
I Googled it after she's had bangs her whole life, except for yeah. like a role where she didn't. But um, anyway, so he was, it was just a really weird date. And um, he just got up to go to the washroom. And then like 15, 20 minutes goes by. And I'm just like, I don't think he's going back. <laughs> so I just sent him a message like, hey, how's it going? And he, he responds with, you're a fucking cow. Go kill yourself. Jump off a bridge. You lied to me. I would never. I wouldn't even pay to have sex with you. I just took a cab home. Go kill yourself. I apologize in advance if anyone was triggered or upset by me saying that. Um, I was triggered and upset by him saying that. Um, that does not justify your or my um, triggering you in any way. It is just the fact of the words. Um, I just want to say I'm really sorry that you went through that. Thank you. And. Um, it is horrible as it is, and that did set me off into a spiral that lasted I think I'm out of it. <laughs> it was a while like, it was, but um but it honestly um coming home and grounding myself was a huge, huge thing. And not only did I, like, I was simultaneously able to calm myself down and reach out to my friend Cassidy, who happened to be awake at two in the morning. And so I, like, like I was probably working. <laughs> definitely were. It was, yeah. you messaged me. You randomly messaged me asking how I was doing. And I was just like, <laughs> not great. <laughs> And you were just like, oh, okay, I think we, I think we had a call. Like it was, it turned into a very nice memory despite it being an awful thing. Mm. So, um, and that is because I reached out to my support network after grounding myself, and I'm I'm grateful for you. And, and I'm you know, I'm always here. Yeah, Thank I may you. be asleep by two a.m. now, but <laughs> I will be up at seven with you now. So. <laughs> Awesome. Noted. I have, I have noticed you've been like 10% more responsive to my messages. Yes, yes. I'm getting better. I promise. I'm trying. I'm working on it. It shows. <laughs> oh, she's kicking. <laughs> she, uh, what was the last category? Again, that we haven't even touched on. Oh, I didn't even title the category. It is called oh. dysmorphia. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Way, we get it. Yeah. By the way, we're in the deep category now, and it's always okay. Here we go. The deep stuff. The uh, Let's do furthest from you. Empty. 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 Okay. Okay. So if we just keep getting empty, does that mean I just keep asking you questions? Until it gets out of hand because I do have limits. Okay, okay. Like so, not like but for time. <laughs> what what made you decide like, hey, I want to take a course on um like body dysmorphia? Like what was like did you have like um like a aha moment or did like a friend recommend it to you or like how did you go about that oh um so the the course i took was um um therapist mandated <laughs> okay so it was um things got really bad for me 
and my I went to my doctor about it and her response was oh I guess there's a bit of weight on you yeah <laughs> like it's just like she justified my reasoning for having an eating disorder by like saying that I had weight so it's not right no it's not I need a new doctor <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not cool. That's like no. not empathetic at all or like does not help at all. It's like the worst thing I feel like you could possibly say to somebody who's like, I'm struggling with this. And you're like, they're almost yeah. like justifying it for you. And what is their place in justifying that? Like, uh, that's awful. It, I don't mean to true. laugh. I'm just, I'm laughing. I'm like, it's just, it's so bad that it's like you like 10 out of 10 worst anime betrayals. Like that's awful. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. What did you yeah. say to that? I just, um, I just agreed with her. Yeah, I guess like, it's kind of like in the moment, right? Like, yeah, like now in my current mindset and my strengths and where I am, I would be like, hey bitch. Because, yeah, you know, I'm yeah, excuse <laughs> me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to think I like, you know, I, I wouldn't call my doctor a bitch, but I would be like, hey, that's, I would Very explain. Rude and apathetic. And you want to come take this course with me? <laughs> you need this course more than I do. So many doctors are just like, are you sure you should be here? Like I, I had a doctor slut shame me once. Like I um, well we all know, <laughs> I, I'm whatever. And I went for um, I was in the, I was in the um, I was at the I went to the clinic for an unrelated reason. And I was like, while I'm here, can I get an STI test? Mm -hmm. Which is just like anytime I'm in the doctors, I just like I just like hey, can I pee in a cup? And they're just like, yeah, whatever. If you gotta go, <laughs> they always also, say yeah. Like if anything. Do you feel like doctors would like praise people wanting to like you know be active participants in their health and make sure everything's good? Like, mm -hmm. but no. Um, yeah. So I had um, this again. This is for a clinic. So it was a doctor I only saw this one time and never saw again. His name was Daniel. Oh, we we have a history <laughs> with people named Dan. Oh man. <laughs> Oh but oh, yeah, and I have, we have a common yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. We, we both come from um, whatever. We both were in abusive relationships with someone named Daniel. Different Daniels. Yeah, but not the same person. Yeah. But yeah, that would have been nuts. But anyway, um, yeah. this doctor, when um, I asked for my STI test, he was like, "Why? How many partners have you had since the last one?" And I was like, six And he was like, "That's a lot." And I was like. Want to make it seven? <laughs> yeah, I bet if you were, yeah, and I bet you know if you were like cis man, they'd be like high five, bro. You know, like it's totally fine for like men to go out and have sex with, like or like you know whatever. I, it's it's bad. You, it, they shouldn't even have to ask you that question. Like I mean, if they absolutely have to, then that's fine. But it's like I don't know from someone who's also in the healthcare. It's like someone who's also in healthcare, like you need to learn how to like take your opinions and put it aside because it's like your if your goal is to help somebody, the person in front of you by um, judging them, like that's 
like the worst thing you do. That's not going to like set up a trusting, you know, therapeutic relationship at all. So sorry, yeah. that just like upsets me. That's okay. It's, um, you know, it's something that happened like four years ago and I'm still yelling about it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yell louder for the people in the back is what I have to say to that. Don't call patients sluts. Yeah, no slut shaming. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to cheat and just go down the list sure. because we are almost an hour and a half in and right. time is of the essence. Yes, yes. So um, what does dysmorphia mean for you? For me, it is... I guess like seeing yourself completely different than how everyone else sees you. I don't know. For me, it's like I just, when I look at the mirror, I don't see what people tell me. Like I, I a lot of the times, like when I would look at myself, I would see myself as large. Mm -hmm. I could be wearing extra small clothing, but still see myself as big. Yeah. And um, being pregnant definitely did start triggering that, like watching your body grow. And and I think the worst part about that for me um, was like feeling guilty, like when that's what you focus on all the time. And, and like I said, remember how I said, like, it's like the worst is when you're bringing other people involved and you're hurting them. So it's like when I call myself fat or I would call myself like bigger or I would like tell, like I say, like, I hate the way I look, I hate my body. And to see how much that like would hurt Jordan or hurt like my friends and like hurt people like, you know, that really sucks. Yeah, and although it's better, like I tell myself like, oh, I'm growing a life, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. So I have days where like, yeah. oh my God, a year ago, I was like fucking shredded, you know? And now yeah. I'm, I am perfectly healthy, but you know, I still see flaws and um, I have to say, I, I just don't look, I just try not to look in the mirror anymore because I feel like I've conditioned myself to associate mirrors with like, look like pointing out flaws. Yeah. So until I can redefine that for myself, I think like to stop triggering myself and to like focus on being healthy and like being happy, I like just try not to like pick myself apart in the mirrors anymore by like just not really looking, spending too much time in front of a mirror, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get that. Um you just answered questions two and three, which is amazing. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, like Great. Um, if you have anything that you want to stretch over with um, how your dysmorphia has maybe changed for you over the years, if it has. Yeah. Um, I would say it got, it got worse after bodybuilding. It's probably the worst it's been was probably after bodybuilding because I've always kind of been around the same size my whole life. But I had never been that size before ever like I, in terms of like I guess like when I was anorexic I was like very 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 skinny but it was like at that like I didn't see myself as skinny either again but when you're 
shredded and you are in public eye shredded. That was tough because once again, dealing with interior emotions about being super shredded and like then having to gain weight again. And then also being so afraid of what other people were thinking. Like, although I never got messages like you're fat or oh my God, you're gaining weight again. I was so afraid of like, like I would go, I'd go to the gym while I was like, and like even seeing my coach again and like being so afraid and he would have to smarten me up and be like, Cass, like you're, you're fine. Like you look fine. Stop. You know, like, it's like crazy that you're like doing this to yourself. But it was like, I would just, I would just be terrified of like people thinking like, like, or like, I'm like the worst thing that could possibly happen is people are talking behind my back and saying how much weight I've gained. And it's like, any like, I don't know if people have done that. And I try to tell myself it's none of my business what people want to say behind my back. Um, but like it never happened, but I was almost like creating this, this um, alternate universe where everyone is against me and everyone hates me and everyone thinks I'm fat and everyone thinks that I'm gaining weight. And that means that I am not a good person anymore like it was nuts like i like i said like it was i was in a very dark place mm. after bodybuilding it like really i was the most obsessed i've ever been i think about my body after that time yeah. um and it wasn't until like covid like <laughs> honestly being being forced to not go to the gym all the time made me realize how much time i was spending at the gym and although great healthy, it wasn't healthy for me because I was doing it not just for the sake, like I was doing it for multiple reasons than just for health, right? So yeah. COVID made me step away and getting a puppy was huge. Like, and then and realizing like I can be active and healthy in many other ways than going to the gym and doing it for aesthetic based reasons, you know, like health isn't about how you look health is, is like, inside, you know what I mean? Like that health is not defined by a look, you know what I mean? So, whereas I was obsessed with that. Um, so yeah. And now it's like that mixed with being pregnant, you're just kind of like, eh, it is what it is. I have good <laughs> and bad days, but I'm just like, um, my biggest fear will be postpartum. So after the baby comes, I think I will probably struggle lots there. And I've, communicated that to yeah. my support network that you know come after the baby I will probably need lots of support to get me yeah. through that dysmorphic kind of um like that dysmorphic um kind of those views that I'm I'm probably gonna end up having yeah well like um as your friend who's trained in mental health first aid and is training in social work, I would like to offer myself to you during that time because, I well, I love that. Yeah, no, trust me, I'll, <laughs> I want to, I'm trying to be very proactive about it because like, I know that although, yes, I will be very busy with a newborn, I know that, you know, I, I, I just know it's, I'm probably going to get triggered by like my body afterwards. Yeah, of course. And it's, okay to have a trigger and a baby yes. <laughs> yes. and it's natural to have those struggles and you're just as strong for having them as you would be without them and 
I am glad that you're going into this aware that it is. Like you're, you're just going into battle prepared. I just don't want to be blindsided like I was with bodybuilding, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't want to tell myself, like, oh, I'll be fine, because look where that got me. Yeah. So yeah. this time I'm like, nah, I know, I know that there are some very high risks of me not being pleased with how I look afterwards. And, you know, so might as well equip myself with the best, you know, the best tools I can now. So going forward, I feel, just feel like I'll be better prepared. And even though it, it I know I'll still struggle and, I, and struggle in terms of like being prepared doesn't mean I'm not going to suffer, you know, and, and by suffer, I just mean like, I'm not going to have those negative thoughts. I'm not going to have, but it will, it does, put me at ease knowing that the people I love and that care about me are, are going to be aware and that they are going to be there for me to make me feel like better and however they can. And I like, I might not even know how they can make me better, but at least I know I won't be alone. Yeah. And sometimes just not being alone. Is an yeah. 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 So um, with that, I have one last question. Okay. What are some grounding techniques that you use when struggling with eating disorder symptoms and dysmorphia? Okay, so I have two different ones because this is prior to pregnancy and pregnancy. So I'll okay. talk, I'll speak to prior to pregnancy. Um, grounding techniques would be like, I know I mentioned this a lot, but it's been key as your support network, like, tell, like, when you feel like that, like things are spinning or, or that you feel like you're, you're not your best self. I reach out to like people in my life and I like communicate it. Um, I, another thing I did, like I said, I kind of like tried to distance myself from things that didn't make me feel good and people who didn't make me feel good. And, um, and that helped a lot. And it tried to, bring like more positive stuff into my life. Um, other things that, I mean, poor things that I did was get involved more in exercise that didn't help, but it was something that I did eventually, like that I did do initially. And then after that, I actually, that's actually a big reason why I got more into music too. Um, Cause then I actually just started like trying to focus on music and other things that had nothing to do with my body or like that had nothing to do with mm -hmm. how I look. Um, and then, and then it's funny. So, so after bodybuilding things that would ground me was wanting to get my period back. That was huge for me because I knew I wanted to have a baby. Um, and that, you know, we were ready and, and like, it's something that we had talked about. So it was a goal for me to find health and balance again. And then sure enough, it came back and we started trying and we are so blessed and so thankful that like yeah you know, we tried and then by april we were pregnant and then now my grounding technique is times where i feel like i ate too much and like oh well, you know because it's like i feel like i've said this to you before where once you've done it it's like a the pathway in your brain that's scarred in there. It's yeah. always a way out. It's always a way, you know, it's an easy way to make yourself feel in control. 
Yeah. You're not eating or making yourself throw up. You know what I mean? You know, because and because your brain can't forget, like it can't forget what it did. So you know that that's like a pathway that you can take always. It's always an option. And you have to fight every damn day. For me anyway, I have to fight all the time to close that pathway, especially yeah. when you're triggered by something or someone because it is just flashing like Vegas in your head. Like, hey, we can always do this again. This mm -hmm. worked for us before. Um, so when I got pregnant, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I have to be the best version I can be for myself. But also, like, I'm growing a life. You know what I mean? I am nurturing something. Like, you know, so my, like, it honestly became, like, and, and whether this is a, a unhealthy way of viewing it, but, like, the decisions I make now and probably for the rest of my life are no longer just for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I every day I am living for myself and my daughter the decisions I make impact her and even when she's born the decision I make will impact her yeah. how I view my body and how I talk about my body how I will teach her about loving yourself and self-love obviously will all impact her yeah. and I drive to like my I my one wish is I hope and I will do everything I possibly can as a mom to be for her to I for her to not feel like what I went through. Yeah. And I I can only do so much and I can only control so much about that. I know that I don't want to have like a ball and chain on her. Yeah. I I I hope that I can be the best support for her with that. And I hope that that if there's one gift I hope that she has is that she can love herself because like you know I already love her so much and I haven't even really met her yet you know yeah so. <laughs> of course I'm so happy for you to be able to like like have this life and this experience and to grow the way that you have I'm so proud of you where you've been what you've gone through and where you've come to you're such an amazing person and I'm so confident in the ability, like in, in the parenting that you were going to do. I think that you're gonna be an amazing mom. I think that um, Jordan's gonna be an amazing dad. I think that both of you are going to create an amazing family together because you are, you've already proven how supportive that, like how well knowledge you are, how, careful you want to be you've proven how supportive and strong jordan has been for you i have no doubt that your child is going to have as much self-love as i guess is safe <laughs> thank you that means a lot oh gosh i love you so much pardon me i love you so much i love you too i love you too <laughs> I hope with all COVID stuff we get to hang out in person soon. Of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna paint your you're, belly. Yeah, you're gonna paint my belly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for that, and I am so excited to thank everyone for coming out and watching us for the show tonight. Um, I hope that 
we've been informative and um, I hope everyone enjoyed watching Cassidy cry at the end because I did. <laughs> hey man, even besides hormones, I've always been like a big crier. So I had a feeling I was probably gonna end up crying at the moment. Oh, I know. I knew you were gonna cry. <laughs> hey man, I did pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it, you lasted till the end. That's a record. Yeah, I don't know what you're a record of, but you did good. Um, thank you. Thank you so so much for coming out this week and talking about these things and showing your vulnerabilities i appreciate it so much thank you for inviting me and thank you for all that you've been doing for just like the lgbtq plus community and all of us who support and everything like just thank you so much it's it's very inspiring with, with what you do so thank you i just as i said i just want to spread goodness and it shows and it's working so Keep going. Yeah. Right. I'm um before we head out, I just want to show off another photo of me. Oh my gosh, yes, this photo is awesome. Oh my god, I was like post night shift. I won't I won't forget that. I was so tired, but like you covered those dark eyes so well. <laughs> oh man, yeah. That was a good if, one. If memory serves, you were taking a cute selfie and I snuck it. <laughs> Yes, and I remember that was the night that you like convinced your friend to like make a big deal about my me being a cosplayer, and you like set me up. Okay, well, whoever did that, I was like, that was, that was <gasps> oh, so bad, man. That was so bad. I uh, oh god, I I'm so sorry about that. That was that's so okay. Bad. That's fine. Oh I was not gonna anyway. laugh. Um, yeah. We are going to wrap up the show, and Cassidy and I are probably going to talk for another 45 minutes afterwards. So oh, I'm sorry to deprive all of our wonderful viewers of that. <laughs> and again, thank you all so much for sticking with us through this. And for our new viewers who are not watching live, thank you for watching in general. You are loved, you are seen, and here is more clips of me and Cassidy as I close. Do -do 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 -do.